0: Welcome back to West Bev. I'm Caitlin. I'm Ariel. And this is your Beverly Hills 90210 podcast where we break down every episode of the 10 season show. Today we're talking about season seven, episode six housewarming. Mary, what happened this week?
1: Val really wants to be sophisticated about the whole having an affair thing, but she just can't stand all the sneaking around. She gives Kenny an ultimatum, confess the truth to Diane, or it's over. Kenny picks neither and tells a half-truth to Diane, who, no one will be surprised to learn, is no longer all that fond of Kenny either. In fact, she's already lawyered up, and she's got someone good, too, because Kenny's lawyer calls to expressly advise him not to do anything foolish, except oops, he already did, and she's pregnant.
0: (laughs) My God. The
2: longer that Kenny is on this show, the more I'm like, he's dumb,
0: right? Oh yeah. He's I mean, Val calls him out on a hundred different things that we've been saying, but also that makes her dumb too. So they're both just dumb. And at least we can blame Val's dumbness on her being a 21-year-old kid, basically trying like mary said trying to be sophisticated trying to be in an adult relationship but she's still 21 she doesn't know yeah no there's a whole
2: like naivete to val but kenny is like a full-grown adult with an accounting job like if that doesn't Mm -hmm. make you the most boring adult in the world i don't know (laughs) what is but he is married he has a kid All this stuff. And he's still just acting so dumb.
0: Yeah. And he's acting way younger than he is, which could be, you know, the sign of a, a, I say midlife crisis knowing he's not that old, but like he did get married young. He did have a kid young. So it's like he's fallen into some sort of rut. He's not happy. So it's like he's acting like, you know, Val is his new shiny car. He's Jason Bateman's character from
2: Juno. Ooh, yeah. Like, he has the good house with the good wife. All of this is going to plan, and then all of a sudden a teenager comes into his life, and he's just like, no, no, that. Yeah.
0: Which is such a commentary, though, because, like, I feel like there's still these storylines in today's, you know, media But I'm almost, like, curious if this has happened because we've, like, given it visibility so much. Because, like, I know it happens in real life. Or did it happen to so many people that they had to put it on screen, right? Like, I'm like, how many people did, like, how many, you know, 30, 35-year-old men start trying to get, you know, young 20s girls After all of this or was it vice versa? Did this happen to people? Did people hurt you? (laughs) Right. It's got to be like a chicken and the egg
2: kind of a thing where Mm -hmm. like it happened in real life but it also happened in media and then like one is blaming the other for the thing existing in the first place and then it's just continuing in a never-ending cycle.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And then we end up with people like Kenny on the shows we
0: watch and then I get mad. Oh, of course. Of course. I mean, I would get mad if this happened today. I probably was mad when I watched this for the first time. Like, I mean, I get, I got mad even at um, Dawson's Creek when Gail was stepping out on Mitch and they were similar ages, you know? It's like just the cheating, the affair, the lying, the, all of that, the control, the power, all of it is just not great. I'm always going to be mad at it. And even in this episode, like as it starts, like they're, they have fallen asleep. It's really late. Kenny has to go home because they're at their quote-unquote apartment and Val's like well it's not like you're gonna walk out on your own so I basically have to give you an ultimatum right so it was even at the point where all right cards are on the table we're trying to get things moving but Kenny wants to have his cake and eat it too yeah he literally brings up his kid
2: Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, that always feels weird to me And it's like 2 o'clock in the morning and you're in bed with your 21-year-old girlfriend and you're like, but my 6-year-old can't know that I don't love his mother. Like, I think that's the thing that keeps getting me is if he thinks Michael has no idea what's happening and is never going to find out about this, he is just delusional.
0: Yeah. I mean, kids know way more than they let on because they don't have the appropriate language, right? And they don't have certain comprehension. But they still understand that some – like, my parents got divorced when I was seven. So I am very, like – I have certain thoughts in my head and memories in my head of things that happened. I didn't know everything that happened until much later. But at the time, I'm like, yeah – This isn't good. Like when I'm getting a Christmas present and it's like a guitar and I'm playing it really loud so I don't have to hear my parents yell at each other, I know something's up. (laughs) And yeah, I mean, it could be as little
2: as like Kenny not knowing about his kids, whatever it was, baseball game, soccer game, Mm -hmm. and showing up late and then being on the phone in the car and being like, oh, I had no idea he had a soccer game. Like,
0: right. Right. Or if just there's any tension whatsoever and the absentee part of it. And I think, too, like that whole line about um, he doesn't want Michael to suffer because he's not in love with his mom anymore. That's fine. He's going to suffer if you're with his mom and not in love with her. That's that's the level of immaturity that gets me
2: is like you're not showing your child like – You're not teaching them what love looks like. Exactly. And that's going to screw him up even more. And then, you know, for some reason, Val is the one that tries to end things. Yeah, she gives him this ultimatum and says, I thought I could be sophisticated, but I'm not. And then I just want to, like, I don't know, shake her and be like, why do you think having an affair with an older man is sophisticated?
0: Yeah, I mean, it's classic, like, young girls trying to grow up too fast, you know, and trying to experience what she views as a, an adult life or what you do when you're adults, because nobody was around or people were around, but she wasn't taught or she wasn't allowed to be a kid or something like that. Right. Like it's classic, you know, trauma here that is manifesting itself as she's 21 years old, but It is interesting, though, because we've talked about her confidence and lack of confidence all in the same vein, and this is her exerting her confidence by saying, look, no, I'm way too good to not have you in this all the way. So either you're all the way in or you're all the way out, and I'm the one telling you that. So it's, yeah, it's just this weird confluence of ideas all thrown into a 1.45 a.m. conversation. Which... Yeah,
2: I don't know. Maybe you have to be 21 to have cogent conversations at 145 <laughs> in the morning. Cause this would never happen. Like if I got woken up by a barking dog and had to kick my married boyfriend out of bed, I'd just be like, get out, and then I'd roll over and go to sleep. <laughs>
0: or I just wouldn't wake up.
2: Like <laughs> Yeah, like, uh, not my wife I have to deal with.
0: Exactly.
2: And then like it's kind of funny. Because, you know, he leaves, he has to go back to his wife at 1.45 in the morning. Val kind of does like a walk of shame, quote unquote, into Casa Walsh the next morning too.
0: Absolutely. She looked hungover, but she's sleep deprived is what she is. Yeah. <laughs> and like she looked like how I walked down the stairs like two mornings ago because I had a bad night's sleep. Like <laughs> she just looked hotter doing it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, if we could all look like Val when you have to wake up at 1.45 and have that conversation and you know she stayed up after, like, I look like the dead when that happens. I am like, contacts out, camera off on my Zoom meetings.
0: Don't Sleep still in my eyes, like, it's a gamble on if I woke up with enough time to brush my teeth or not or if I'm waiting until after this meeting.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and meanwhile, Val is like, you know 90 percent of the way to supermodel
0: yeah (laughs) that's Tiffany Thiessen for you yeah but yeah like she walks home takes off her sunglasses and she's very open with Brandon like Brandon's there she he's like oh rough night you know whatever and she's extremely open she's like yeah I was with Kenny and I almost wanted Brandon to be like oh you know like like that he knew it but didn't expect him her to tell him. Um, but then of course he goes full Brandon full brother Brandon and says that he has experience in this area and it took me a full five seconds to remember Lulu <laughs> literally my notes just say Lulu
2: all caps exclamation point and then I went down this whole rabbit hole of like, Lulu comes back, meets Kenny, they're both trash bags together, oh. but it's too boring for her, so she still ends up messing with the Walsh's lives.
0: Okay, but I would watch that. <laughs> right?
2: If she just, like, appeared on campus, she was like, yeah, I've been teaching here for the last two years. You guys just haven't seen me.
0: Yep. God man that would be awesome
2: and yeah i mean brandon like takes some sort of weirdly mature like arguably sophisticated route (laughs) of just like is he gonna leave his wife like that is his question not anything else it's not accusatory it's just like is he leaving his wife what are you doing what's going on here
0: Yeah, very, very logical given the experience that he had because that blew all up in his face at the time. And then he's just like, come on, man. Like, why can't you just come to David's party? Because there's a housewarming party later on, meet a nice guy there, and just forget about all this. Because in Brandon's mind, he knows that this will never end well. No matter what happens, it won't end well for Val. It'll always end more favorably, still not favorably, but more favorably for Kenny or the person who has the other family has the other life or whatever and Val's going to be left out in the cold that's what happened with Brandon so why shouldn't it happen with Val too
2: yeah I mean if he's gonna say he has expert expertise in this arena like that's what it is is like I have also been the other person exactly and it seems like she takes his advice up until Kenny calls her later and wakes her up and is like no you need to skip this party because I have to meet you at the apartment yeah and I just kind of noticed he said the apartment not our apartment
0: and but yet they still exchange I love you's and I just because this is classic it's infatuation it's valerie is 21 and it's kenny is lusting after her right Mm -hmm. like it's not love kenny knows it's not love and he he still says it and it makes me want to punch him because i want to protect val yeah
2: there there feels like a manipulative level or like a euphoric level in here that's not like this is not what the actual emotion is you're thinking something else
0: Yeah, exactly. Like, oh, I'm so excited to see you later, not I love you. (laughs) Yeah.
2: And because, yeah, he goes to see her and he's like, oh, my gosh, me and Diane, we finally talked about how miserable we are. It's all going to work out. Like, we're going to figure something out. And yeah, he's like kind of high on life kind of a thing Mm -hmm. where he just can't stop moving around and being all high and whatever. And then he finds out that Val put on edible body powder.
0: See, and I imagined it was like, you know, when you go to Bath and Body Works and you got like the roll on glitter or whatever, (laughs) that's what I imagined it was. She's like, "Ooh, let me get that juniper breeze and just like roll it all over (laughs) my
2: body. Okay, no, I wish it was like a cucumber melon that she was (laughs) spreading around.
0: But what was the vanilla one? It was like uh, warm vanilla one. Is is that
2: the warm vanilla sugar? Yes. (laughs) But like, no. Okay. This stuff existed and you could buy it at Sephora and it was like $25 and it came in a little box with like a little puff ball in it. And I remember being in high school and like not having a boyfriend at all and just being like, (laughs) that's what I'm going to do when I'm
0: older and I'm cool. Oh my God. The things you always think are going to happen.
1: And never you bought just it end
0: up wearing the same clothes you've been wearing since high school <laughs> like yeah you get with your partner and you're just in sweats all the time and you're like man I used to think this would be different
2: <laughs> yeah no that that little like puff box cost like $25 it was nothing but in high school that's $25 is something oh, yeah. by the time I had $25 I was like that is stupid why would I <laughs> buy that <laughs> And then I went to Bath & Body Works and got three for 25 and it was cucumber, melon, warm vanilla, sugar, and juniper breeze.
0: Exactly. Man, juniper breeze was my jam.
2: <laughs> I had one that was like clean cotton or something.
0: Oh, yeah. Those were good too. I'm a sucker for a good laundry smell, man. Mm, fresh yeah. linen. Wonderful.
1: <laughs> my favorite smell right now is Tide Scented Febreze.
0: Ooh. Ooh. That just gave me like... A nose tingle. Like, I feel like I need to sneeze. <laughs> I can't wear scents because
2: my husband has a sensitive nose. <gasps> really? So I don't have edible body powder.
0: Oh, God. I don't either. John, John I don't. would
2: Swear to God, he would be like, well, take a shower. <laughs> I'll meet you in 20 minutes. I'm going to go air out the bedroom. Like
0: <laughs> – Nate can't even now. Granted, I understand coffee breath is not entirely appetizing, but like <laughs> he can't. I can't get between him and like, you know, like like certain. He's got a scent. His nose is like you. You had coffee. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. You see my cup. He's like, oh no, oh no, I smelled you. And I'm like, what? I had coffee. Coffee five hours ago. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think he would like the edible body powder, <laughs> but. Okay, so I
2: feel like Kenny only likes it because of the age difference and the power difference and the fact that she is this 21-year-old who clearly shops at, you know, whatever. Like, presumably Sephora, while his wife shops at Macy's. And Macy's doesn't sell edible body powder.
0: Yeah, she shops at Victoria's Secret. Diane's looking for a deal. Like, solid underwear, but for a deal. Like, that's... That's what it is here. It's all the things that Diane is not or that Diane used to be, right? Which, like, that's not on Diane.
2: That's on a lack of communication in your relationship. Yes. And I guarantee you at some point in their marriage, he has shown up with lingerie on their, like, anniversary or Valentine's Day. And then it turned into a fight because she took it exactly how he meant it of you don't dress like this and I want you to.
0: Yeah, and, like, you're 100% right. Just if Kenny – I almost called him Mark. If Kenny <laughs> <laughs> has needs that are not being met, tell Diane. If Diane doesn't want to meet those needs, not, like, for any other reason other than the fact that, like, she just doesn't want to, like, then there's a problem, right? Like, there's a difference in not being able to meet your partner's needs – because of actual reasons and I'm not in love with you so I will not be doing this for you right but like you don't know that until you have that conversation but instead we have Kenny just
2: (laughs) nibbling on Valerie's shoulders going it's amazing what you know that my wife doesn't
0: god right what do you mean how do you know
2: Diane doesn't know it (laughs) I was gonna say I could go down a list of the things that Diane knows (laughs) that she hasn't told you about and I promise you because she reads Cosmo
0: well Kenny I have one (laughs) question for you and it's very important and I can't say it on this podcast
2: (laughs) I may be skipping ahead but I know there is a point later on in my notes I think it's like after we do like a cutaway we go to other stuff we come back to them and he's got to go back to work and he makes another comment that says she doesn't kiss like a
0: wife yeah like at first she was saying like oh that really sucks you have to go back to work and then he was all jazzed about coming back to her and she's like oh well hurry home and he was like you sound like a wife and then she kisses him and i'm sorry like it was an okay kiss i wasn't blown away by the kiss and like there's a little bit of tongue but it wasn't like holy shit that's a that's a 21 year old kiss because then he goes (laughs) um well, you sure don't kiss like a wife. And I don't know why, but in my head, it sounded Southern. (laughs) You sure don't kiss like a wife. Like, that's all I heard. (laughs) And I know Kenny is not anywhere close to having a Southern accent, but he did in that moment.
1: (laughs) I wonder if it's prison foreshadowing.
0: (laughs) Oh my God. The cowboy is just coming out oh my god
1: do
2: we just want everyone on this show to be a cowboy is that what this is turning into
0: yes we live in georgia guys that (laughs) we're so stereotypical right now and i wouldn't even say that either of us really like i have the most southern accent of all of us and i spent years trying to lose it so why do we want it (laughs) i think it's just it's good for drama that's true. It does have sort of, like, a a vibe, I guess. Yeah. Ugh. You just want to – you don't kiss like a wife. <laughs> yeah. And then he's going to
2: take off his cowboy – no, he's going to put his cowboy hat on. He's going to, like, hitch up his big belt buckle. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then, like, she opens the door for him, and as he walks out, he's like, Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> like-
1: His spurs just clink the whole way to his car.
0: (laughs) He just moseys on out. He doesn't walk. He moseys. (laughs) Oh, Oh and he does leave. He does, all joking aside, he does leave. And Val, it's later on because she's all excited about dinner. And she's at the apartment again. And Kenny calls her. And all of a sudden, he sounds very weird. And he does. He sounds stressed out. And he sounds worried. And to the point where he, like, quote-unquote forgot about dinner he's like "Oh right, dinner which convenient bro he has a bad memory he's a very bad cheater he forgets things um but yeah this is where we learn. diane's lawyer is on the warpath and kenny's basically is like oh shit shit you know we got to get our shit together and that which, freaks kenny out
2: i mean again this is how we know he's stupid because he like if he was at the apartment just getting out of bed at 1.45. Presumably he's not getting home until like 2.30 in the morning. He has this whole conversation with Diane about how unhappy they are. Then he goes to work at the office on a Saturday. Yeah, right? Like, duh, she's calling a lawyer the second Michael's not paying attention. Exactly.
0: And, and like the fact that he says he wasn't prepared for this. He's so di-
2: – like, Okay. and Val gets pissed at him rightfully so because I mean of course like he literally tells you hours ago you're going to be together and is immediately like I'm stupid didn't think about this we got to break up or at least like cool it for a while and then Val goes and buys a pregnancy test
0: because we couldn't complicate this storyline anymore
2: and if you look at the scene with the box, it is very clear that blue is pregnant and white is not pregnant or pink is not yeah. pregnant, whatever it is. Because yeah. when we get to the last time we see them, she comes in, she like hands him the test. She says like, it's clear as day. It says this, you're pregnant. It says this, you're not pregnant. Like I went back. I was like, what if she like flipped it? Mm. What if she's saying like, oh, it says white, you're not pregnant. It says blue, you're pregnant or reverse that. Yeah. No. That is a pregnant pregnancy test, and I don't know where she got it. Like I, think she I don't. Dyed it. That's I don't know if it's hers. I don't know if she dyed it. I don't know if she found a pregnant person because Joan just had a baby, so she's not pregnant Ooh. anymore.
0: I would imagine the colors change over time, you know, like because it's obviously not a fresh sample anymore. So. Things happen. I mean, we've seen, like, just thinking about the way COVID tests happen right now, like the rapid at home ones, and how pregnancy tests work in general, it's like, eventually it changes because of the science underneath it all, right? Like, I imagine it's some sort of pH or something. Mm-hmm. But I think she like, I don't know, because to me, it looked like a litmus test, almost, you know, like, you could just like, take it out and then insert it and then whatever. So it's like, okay, did she make it more basic? And just stuck it right in there. Because I could see that. Because Val's diabolical. We know she can scheme. So I don't think she's pregnant.
1: Yeah, I put in my notes that I think she food colored it.
0: Yeah or, the, yeah, or that. Like, let's let's take the chemistry out of it and just put just some like, food coloring.
1: Or colored it with a marker or something. <laughs> right, yeah. A uh, water yeah.
2: color, <laughs> Nail polish. She yeah. found something about, like, oh, THC changes it, so she smoked near it. Like, she Ooh. did something.
0: <laughs> I love that. She took one of her, like, papers.
2: <laughs> one of her skins.
0: Yes, thank you. <laughs> Ew, no. But two things about this, too, is like, first of all, Kenny's mouth is a gape, <laughs> like, so wide this entire time. And then this was the first time she ever called him daddy. <laughs> and I didn't expect this to be the time. <laughs> in this context. So sorry, listeners, but that's where my mind went. <laughs> but, like... No,
2: this scene was so weird and he's not cute. Like if I ever <laughs> needed to know he's not cute, it's this when he's just like, yeah, completely like slack jawed. Like, what am I going to do? She's pregnant.
0: I just, loved the direct. Oh, go ahead, Mary.
1: Oh, it was just 100% shocked Pikachu face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Like a little more behind the eyes, but yes, yeah, 100%. I love the director's choice. To go back and forth between Kenny and Val and Kenny and Val and Kenny and Val. Like, in most instances, I would think it was a joke. But in this, I actually think it (laughs) works. I mean, it has to have worked because of
2: Val, right? Yes, totally. She even does
0: like her little kinked eyebrow in the last frame. Like where she's like, hey, 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 look what I did to you.
2: Val's probably not pregnant, but lying about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Or
2: maybe really pregnant, and I don't think she's going to stay that way.
0: Yeah, agreed.
2: Mary, what else happened this week?
1: David throws a party to celebrate having discovered that margaritas are better when they're cold. Or it's a post-Labor Day end-of-summer pool party. Potato, potato. In attendance to this party are the hot girls from next door, Nina and Teresa, the latter of whom sinks the Steve Claire ship. But even more of a disaster, who else should show up than the hot brush fire from the canyon next door who threatens to burn down the whole neighborhood? The fire brings back some traumatic memories for Kelly, including the part about how Brandon wasn't there for her because he was off banging or not banging Emily Valentine. I still think he did it. The two have a tense interaction before retreating to their new friends, Mark and Tracy. The fire also threatens a lost baby deer, and Donna hurts her knee trying to save it, but it's fine. She eventually is rescued by Fireman Cliff while everyone else takes a break from throwing pool water at the house.
2: I just had an absolute visual of them literally like cupping pool water in their hands and throwing it oh at my the windows. Gosh
0: not even using buckets just their hands yes
2: which to be fair probably as helpful as they really were like i'm not gonna pretend to have any idea what it's like to have your home threatened by a brush fire in california i will say i do not care that a bunch of rich kids protected another rich kid's house owned by his father when the firefighters say you should probably evacuate for your lives.
0: Yeah, there's those, I mean, it's like not similar, but similar in the sense that it's a natural disaster to those who stay in their homes for hurricanes and stuff and not evacuate. Like when it's people that it's like, that's their entire world, right? People who would not be able to afford losing everything you know that's a different story but it's those who yeah just come from privilege and don't want to see their home go down I guess and some sort of like arrogance maybe I don't know yeah it's like a weird thing and I also don't know what it's like to experience wildfires but from everything I've seen it is awful
2: yeah I mean truly fire is my nightmare but like I don't know watching these kids like just use the water and then be like, oh, my God, the water is gone because the firefighters are using it to fight the fire. hmm It's like. Yeah.
0: Stop trying to steal the water from the people who need the water. Start with the pool. Yeah. Ugh. We'll just start from the
2: beginning because that's not even like – I mean, that's the big thing, but that's not mm-hmm. even the only thing that happens. Yeah. Because we have to start at the beach apartment. Where it's kind of interesting that all the girls are going to this party. They're like ready to go to this party, but they're like, we can't wear bathing suits because of how people will look at us. And I'm like, then maybe you shouldn't go to this party.
0: Yeah. And like zero offense intended, but like they still end up showing up wearing crop tops. Claire and Donna do. Kelly doesn't. She's just in a nice little sundress, but like, I don't know. I was just like – It was just a weird comment. Like that was a weird reason to not wear bathing suits.
2: It, Yeah. And I'm sure it was just that, a reason to not put the actresses in bathing suits for an entire episode. But like, yeah, if you don't want to wear bathing suits because you're afraid of how the men at the party are going to be staring at you the whole time, like that's a sign to me first of all. And then to make it worse – They specifically point out Claire's boyfriend, Steve, as one of those kinds of guys.
0: Right. And thank God. Like, this episode was all about calling out bad behavior, right? Mm -hmm. Like, from Val and Kenny to what we'll talk about with Claire and Steve to David and Donna. But, yeah, it's like there's almost these glass shattering moments that happen throughout the episode where it's like, oh, I'm realizing my boyfriend's a dirtbag. And that yeah. I am no longer going to tolerate it.
2: Yeah. Kelly literally says she's like Steve's eyes pop out over girls. I think she mentions specifically David's neighbors or whatever. Yeah. And Claire says like, no, they don't. Do they?
0: Like, girl, you have been in the room and seen it. And then they, she says that they have this deal where it's like looking is fine. Touching is not. And – I am not here here to judge if you are in that kind of relationship as long as you are both on the same page, as long as you have very, um, very successfully and and masterfully communicated to each other what your expectations are, what your feelings are, like all those sorts of things, by all means, you know, lean towards an open relationship, whatever it is, like go, you do you. But it just doesn't seem like Claire's on board with this because every single time Steve does look at another girl, she either gets jealous or she gets mad or she's clearly hurt by this. So I just don't think that – I think she likes to say she's fine with the rule, but I think it really hurts her.
2: Well, and I'm not even 100% sure it's actually a rule they've discussed versus it's a rule she's – like it's an unspoken that she's tolerating –
0: yeah, like but Steve's already doing it, so. And then now that her friends are
2: noticing it, now she's realizing how uncomfortable it really makes her and that yeah. everybody else can see it. Agreed. There's also a very quick comment that Kelly has to stop at her mom's for serving bowls, and that is so funny to me that they can't just, like, go to Party City and buy some plastic bowls.
0: Yeah, Because David decided to serve potato chips and pretzels and they're all like, he's serving food? (laughs) Both potato chips and pretzels.
2: (laughs) Not even just one. But yeah, like I know Amazon wasn't huge at this point. It wasn't like deliver straight to your house, but he can't run to Target, Walmart, whatever. Yeah. Or send
0: Mark. I don't know.
2: Literally just by the the fact that he's borrowing them from his parents (laughs) is so funny to me.
0: It just makes me think of April and Andy and Parks and Rec eating off of Frisbees. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and he sends them to the store with a list and they come back with like Nerf guns instead. <laughs> yeah. Or no, they got everything on the list and also Nerf guns.
0: Right. But yeah, so once they all kind of split their separate ways, Claire and Donna go head, you know, to the party. And on the way, they just see a random deer on the this side of the hill or whatever and they stop I hate deer so this whole thing <laughs> missed me <laughs> well, like, growing up in Georgia where you have like the
2: back country of Ge- not even the back country in no. Alpharetta I had to like run off the road to avoid hitting deer
0: yeah and a deer hit me one time and I'm not making that up so I hate them so Donna's compassion for Bambi was kind of like Claire's <laughs> for me where I was just like dude it's an animal like it knows how to survive out here otherwise it wouldn't be alive right now like (laughs) I was so like yeah Claire speak up
2: (laughs) I find it so interesting that this whole time that all of this is happening no one is smelling smoke because like again not gonna pretend to know what a brush fire in California looks like occasionally in Georgia and like tennessee alabama like this area we do have forest if it gets dry enough like big fires will start in north georgia and i remember you know being up in the suburbs being in like roswell sandy springs like that area and smelling smoke from fires that were like hundreds of miles away so when you have one that's just over the ridge you're not already smelling smoke and like getting a headache
0: yeah yeah that's interesting i wonder if it was just like it's drama yeah yeah just set up But, like,
2: yeah, if they had pulled over to look at the baby deer and been like, do you smell something? Mm -hmm. Like, is it my car? Yeah, I mean, they had the top down. Yeah, I just feel like, like, little bits thrown into it before months said something would have, like, hit better for me.
0: Yeah, for sure. And, yeah, they get to the party, and we kind of get this, like, really wide shot almost from, like, a crane or something like that because obviously it wasn't a drone. (laughs) But, um, yeah, like, Steve and – Someone, I don't think it was Mark, but at first glance it looked like him, but I don't think it was, um, are just throwing girls into the pool. So we already have like Steve just flirting or hanging with other girls immediately. David then walks up to Kelly and is talking about the fact that Mark wants to date her. And all I can think about is what we talked about last week.
2: (laughs) So at this point, all I could think about is... I think it was like the inter-Greek pool party or whatever that happened a couple seasons ago when Steve was dating Celeste Mm -hmm. and he brought her to the pool party and then proceeded to ignore her
0: and flirt with other girls in the pool the entire day. Like Steve should not be in a monogamous relationship.
2: He shouldn't. It's just not his thing and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean I'm sure there was like some sort of stigma to it and that's why they wouldn't address it on this show. But like – Yeah, he's not good at being in a monogamous relationship.
0: No, he is not. And that's okay. It is not for everyone. But just don't have him date people seriously. That's all. You don't even have to show him being in an open relationship or dating very many girls at one time. Just don't have him date one girl seriously.
2: Exactly. And we go through, like, a ton of basically, like, setting the scene kind of stuff like mm-hmm. Tracy and Brandon get there you know Tracy makes a comment how she wants a lemonade and then she makes a comment of how everybody is drinking and it's so early and they're getting drunk
0: Hmm. yeah and at which point you see uh, David making margs drinking margs trying to get other people to drink margs I would drink margs with David let's be real <laughs>
2: Okay, but here's the thing. When he says he perfected the recipe, you know it's like 50% tequila, 50% everything else.
0: True that, true that. I would taste the marg that he made, then go water
1: it down. (laughs) I was literally just 100% he discovered putting ice in it. (laughs) because he was drinking warm marks for like two weeks and now he's like, I've perfected my recipe, blend. It's literally iced, David. Make it cold.
0: It's like literally the first time somebody decided that like coffee also tastes really good iced. He's like, oh my God.
2: (laughs) God, I hope that's what it was. David just discovered that a blender exists. He's like, I've never used one of these before.
0: I mean, I've seen it in the kitchen, but I didn't know what it did. (laughs)
2: But yeah, it's that thing of like everyone's drinking, including David. And then there's like little by little by little, we're doing other things. Because mm-hmm. we go inside where Claire and Donna have come in, and there's a whole like, there's this guy that's smiling at Donna, and or she's smiling at Claire. And then Donna's like, well, tell him to smile at me. And then she turns around and is like, oh, that's
0: Dick. Which, such a choice. Can we not name him Rick, Mick? Nick Richard anything but Dick I feel like
2: there there is like a subset of teenage boys or like early 20s boys that they decided Dick just worked with (laughs) in teen shows because there is a Dick on Veronica Mars too
0: well and there's a DC comic book character Dick Grayson who's Nightwing so like at some point Dick worked So, (laughs) but, (laughs) um, not for Steve in this episode.
2: (laughs) Well, and frankly, barely for Dick in this episode. Also, (laughs) I hate Dick in this episode.
0: He was fine. I mean, he he doesn't start off, you know, very well because he immediately talks about Claire's dad. But, like. Well, okay. So, it bothers me when.
2: Guys come up to women and are like, oh, you just said a line from my favorite movie. I'm going to bet you that you don't know who said that line. Like that yes. bothers me because the amount of times, you know, you know, the meme that like keeps going around where there's like the girl with the super straight face and the guy is yelling in her ear and then people <laughs> yeah. post like all caps tweets to it and then sometimes yes. it's reversed,
0: Yeah. Like.
2: This is what I'm picturing in the amount of times that I've been in bars where guys have been like, it's so cute that you think you know a thing.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm a woman who likes sports on a much higher level than most people. Yes. I get this shit all the time. I'm like, yeah, I love football. And they're like, tell me who won the Heisman Trophy in 1941, the year that they had to go to war. And I'm like, do you know the answer to that, dick? (laughs) You know, it's like, I, okay, so I don't know one random trivia fact that suddenly makes me not a legitimate fan of this stupid sport that has an oblong-shaped ball. No! <laughs> so, I don't, I'm, if you have
2: watched uh, Billy on the Streets, one of the favorite things, few. my favorite thing, which is also a meme on the internet, is like every now and then I'll just look in John and go, for a dollar, name a woman.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've seen that one
2: like anytime someone's like name the heisman trophy winner from 1941 i just want to be like name a woman
0: yeah any woman any of them
2: (laughs) and the fact that on the show they panic and they can't do it and he leaves with the dollar
0: and billy just freaks out oh my god like and runs away it's it's very funny.
2: But like, yeah, this is what I think of when – first of all, he mentions Some Like It Hot, which is a movie from like 25 years ago, but also kind of a romance movie or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never actually seen it myself
0: because
2: I'm a millennial.
1: <laughs> I Googled yeah. what it was about because I got curious and – um, God, I should probably pull up my notes so I don't butcher this explanation. From, like
0: the 50s, I think, right? Yeah. yeah it's-, it's
1: got Marilyn Monroe, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's late 50s and it's like about two men who witness a mob hit or something. And to protect themselves from a mob, they cross dress and travel with an all women band. Oh
0: my. Whoa. So, so that's his favorite movie? Is that what he said? Yep. I think, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that tells us a lot more about Dick than anything else. And like, that says
2: a lot more about, like, things that don't age well. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, What a choice.
0: The whole thing, yeah, you're right. Like, it's not very flattering to have somebody come up to you and then challenge your knowledge of something because you said you liked it or because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you recognized it even. Like, that's – yeah, I used to get that stuff all the time from, like <laughs> – really annoying John Mayer fans who it's like yeah I like John Mayer but it's like name a song other than your body's a wonderland and I'm like oh my god
1: um why georgia why and I still don't like him <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean don't get me wrong I've seen John Mayer at least 5 times I used to love him but you have to admit there's like John Mayer fans who like his music and think he's a great guitarist and then there's the Mayer fans who just Worship him and like only like songs from Room for Squares and his like Grateful Dead stuff. Like, I, sorry, I don't what a I choice. Mean and <laughs> did not mean to go down a John Mayer wormhole, but it's like that's how annoying it is.
1: <laughs> I, I feel like that. I'm definitely that kind of annoying fan about at least ten things.
0: But you can be annoying if you're not challenging someone like you could be passionate about something without challenging someone like I could tell you you know I don't know god I'm because I'm that person I get way too passionate about stuff and then but I try not to challenge somebody like I'm watching Arrowverse with Ariel and I'm constantly saying the full names of the actors because I don't know if you're that passionate about this as I am but yeah like not a solid start
2: and again things that don't age well because it's the whole like the game thing like you want to like challenge women and make them like feel like they have to prove themselves to you
0: yeah it's this like superiority thing not just from in this case a pop culture standpoint but also an academic because like it is very much stated like don is like oh yeah he's really smart he's in five beta, beta ca- he's a phi beta kappa just like you so it's like already established that this dude's smart but he doesn't have to be smarter than claire and he doesn't try he doesn't need to have to try to prove it right? So I was fine with him. But yeah, you're right. That was really annoying. I think it was just in the context of Steve. I was like, yeah, this guy's fine.
2: (laughs) And that's the thing because we go right outside and Steve is introducing himself to Teresa who he's like, oh, can I get you a drink? And she's like, yeah, but first can you put sunscreen on my back? Which is like the classic hit on movement.
0: Like God,
2: I can't fault her for it. She doesn't know about Claire. She's brand new to this whole thing. Like Mm -hmm. when they have the moment later where Tracy's trying to like work through the web and she's like no 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 I got it it's like I feel like y'all should have note cards to give to everyone be like here are the people you should stay away from
0: yeah like here's the history here's topics we avoid and here you go you know be on your way
2: yeah but she asks him to like rub lotion in on her back which he does and then Claire comes up Rightfully upset that he is like manhandling another woman, especially since apparently the rule is looking good, touching no. Yeah, exactly. But then she pulls him away and like makes out with him as a like, like she's peeing on him. She's like marking her territory.
0: Yes, 100%. But he doesn't care because he's getting his cake and eating it too.
2: And Teresa doesn't give a shit either because literally like 10 minutes later, she screams about a spider in the bathroom can't falter for it totally understand same uh as soon as steve said it was a black widow i would have burned the house down
0: (laughs) yeah we're like fire fire the house is here this is a bad joke (laughs) but like
2: a black widow that's like death like yeah
0: i mean those are like highly poisonous spiders so (laughs) (laughs) yeah
2: but then she goes to make out with him Like a thank you, even though literally he just made out with somebody else, Mm -hmm. and he doesn't stop her. Like, I get a moment of shock, but also, I can literally never imagine a scenario where someone goes to make out with me and I don't immediately back away.
0: I think for me, too, is and obviously, television show, we know drama gotta happen. I get it, totally understand. I'm thinking about this in context of real life. Even if somebody were to start moving into my personal space like that, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, what are you doing? Right? Because like, granted, I'm not in a friend group that has very many platonic mouth kisses, (laughs) but I don't often get a lot of people coming into my personal space unless it's for a hug. And very clearly when a hug happens, heads are going opposite directions, right? If it's a side hug even, which is the most awkward of the hugs, it's even more clear like this is just a hug. So for me, if Teresa were to come up to me or Steve were to come up to me and then like I rescue them from a spider and then they start inching into my personal space, I'd be like, whoa, 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 what's going on here? But I am not Steve. Steve welcomed the attention, welcomed the advance, was shocked that he actually got the kiss but then didn't stop it. So it's all choices here, people. That's all I'm trying to say.
2: Exactly. That is exactly what got me is you can see in his eyes, he's like, this is wrong, but she's doing it. And Mm -hmm. like, I'm just like, I don't know. He gets frozen in place or something. Maybe in future episodes, he'll explain some sort of thing. Mm -hmm. But in this moment, Claire sees what's happening, sees that he is not actively pushing a woman off of him, being like, hey, I'm in a relationship, Yeah, and rightfully leaves pissed.
0: Yeah. And luckily, we, like, get to switch over for a little bit because that was a little, you know, intense, but we get Brandon and Tracy with that adorable moment of, like, recalling all the couplings and reciting, like, what's going on in the friend group, and she mentions That she, the only one she hasn't met yet is quote unquote former ex Kelly Taylor. And I'm like, former ex? Yeah. That implies she is former. No, not ex. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, is this Brandon admitting he has feelings for her still? Is this just like a gray area? Because we talked about last week, not a fan of Brandon and Tracy, not because I don't like either of them, but because I'm not over bruising. But it was just kind of a weird moment. And then luckily they shift gears immediately when she tries to get him to dance. He's like, nope, I only dance at night to the Macarena.
2: (laughs) I do love his excuses to not dance.
0: 100%.
2: Theory I just came up with in this moment. What if Tracy said former ex to try and like bait him into saying something about his feelings about Kelly since... Later on, when they're at the Peach Pit, shoot stops Kelly and is just like, hey, why did y'all break up? Like, yeah, I think she's trying to fish for something. And he's just like, oh, yeah, my ex Kelly. She's not here yet.
0: Yeah, I can totally see that. Because, yeah, I think Tracy does. I mean, she's been spending all this time with Brandon, right? So she clearly must have at least some sort of maybe connection, attraction to him. So she's just trying to fill things out.
2: Mm -hmm. but they kind of get like interrupted by months who has a whole moment where he, you know, compliments Tracy on being more beautiful in real life or whatever he says, Mm -hmm. but it doesn't matter because then he's just like, Oh yeah, it took me forever to get here because there's a fire like right over there.
0: Yeah. Like he was the last person to get in until they only started letting residents come through,
2: which at this point when like, the firefighters are setting up a blockade, you don't think like, maybe I'll go drink my beer back at my frat
0: house. Exactly. Like it was, it's scary enough to even be like, well, why are all these cars stopped? Why are all these police officers and firefighters here? Like, turn around months, turn around.
2: Yeah. I've literally never been through a blockade of any kind, like a police, you know, checkpoint or firefighters Mm -hmm. or whatever, but like, I think I'd need to take like a pill or something.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I've been through one checkpoint and it was after (laughs) it was perfect timing and location to have this checkpoint because it was in college. I was with Nate and we had just gone to the Luke Bryan like farm tour (laughs) that he used to do like right outside Athens where all those like literal literal farms are and the cops set up a checkpoint like, I don't know, two miles from the farm so that they could grab people who had been drinking or smoking or whatever it was at the concert. It was awesome. Nate and I were, I think, well, Nate was 20, I guess I was 21, but I don't know that I necessarily like bought um, alcohol like at the farm tour at the time. Cause I was like a baby 21 year old. And, and obviously Nate didn't, but he was driving. And I was like, are we about to get in trouble? Like I was freaking out. I am so not Val at 21. <laughs> like I'm very much like, I didn't do anything wrong. Right. Like we didn't do anything. Right. And Nate's like, we're fine. Like we are fine. <laughs> and it was, but it was intimidating.
1: I have a police checkpoint story. Ooh. Um, I was leaving work when I worked at Sage, um, oh, at Sage. like a, yeah, a restaurant in Alpharetta. Um, It is no longer there. RIP in peace. But anyway, (laughs) um, so I was like leaving work, probably about to go and hang out with other people and like do bad things. But I wasn't doing bad things yet. And so I see like lights all up ahead at the intersection where I just need to turn left to go on the road to go home. So I'm like, okay, fuck that. I'm going to turn around because like I thought it was an accident or something. So I, like, get into the turn lane, pop a Yui, and head the other direction to take a shortcut home, and there's cops, like, they're waiting for people to turn around and not go through the checkpoint. And he's like, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going home from work. And he's like, I'm guessing you weren't drinking there. I was like, no. (laughs) And he was just like, you know that's a DUI checkpoint, right? And I was like, oh, I thought it was an accident. I was just going to try and avoid it. and then I got a ticket because I didn't have my driver's license on me oh
0: no so you like regardless you would have gotten a ticket but yeah man
1: yep but um yeah it was fine I got to go and prove I had a license in court and
0: oh nothing
1: happened the end
0: (laughs) but it's like kind of intimidating right like you're like I haven't done anything wrong oh wait did I
1: Yeah, Yeah. he also tried to tell me that I didn't make the U-turn from the left turn lane, which I'm like, um, no, I definitely pulled into the left turn lane before I turned around. Thank you. So we get a ton of
2: B-roll. Once we get back to the story, once we find out about this fire, there's like this moment where like Brandon is the character to like kind of get sober about this, where he's like, it's not good. There's a fire right there. Yeah. Yeah. And such starts, like, every couple of scenes, we're going to get B-roll of firemen fighting fire, like, in various ways, either in fire trucks or, like, the actual firemen or there's helicopters dumping water. Like, truly wildfires are serious business. So, like, I get why they're pulling all this footage to, like, really set the tone here.
0: Mm -hmm.
2: And, you know, we kind of get to this party where, like, everyone's really sobering up. And Mark wants to shut it down and Kelly's freaking out. She's like, I can't be in another fire. I need to leave. Mm -hmm. And my heart broke for her. Right? Because like she's been through so much trauma. Do you think she has really fully dealt with this? And like there is no way being in a fire that you can like know you have felt dealt with the trauma until another fire happens. And then she's like, oh, no, I'm not good.
0: Yes, 100%. Like, clearly, you're totally right. It's like you don't fully understand how much past it you've gotten until you're, you know, put in that scenario again. And at least this time, she can get herself out of it. So she's like, I got to go. Like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm out. And, yeah, oh man. And then, to your point, like, it just made me think of all the things that she's been through. And I'm like, God. Every ugh. time. And then – you know, we get this short moment. David is so
2: drunk because he's just been drinking margaritas all morning, taking super soaker shots into his mouth of tequila or whatever. And, you know, we end up getting back to it. Or Kelly's having flashbacks of the house fire. Like, we get a solid, like, I don't know, 30, 45 seconds of her being trapped in that bathroom with the fire just, like, eating up the door.
0: hmm And I will say – closed captioning inaccurately called allison sarah what yeah it was like because you know when somebody's off screen they'll put the name next to the yeah sometimes do that other like and then once it's established they just go back and forth no i noticed it said sarah i was like who the fuck is sarah it's allison we all know it's allison she was a guest star for multiple episodes yeah we
2: all know it's allison it's rude to marginalize Allison. Exactly. Give her her name. But yeah. Guess it was- what?
1: Oh, go ahead. The actor who plays her is named Sarah. No,
0: it's not. <gasps> <gasps>
1: yeah, I just looked it up. It's oh my God. No. Sarah Melson. Did it they spell Sarah- it S-A-R-A? I
0: thought it was an H, but oh, I could then, be wrong.
1: Then they're just double wrong. <laughs> I could
2: be wrong though. I mean, to be fair, I feel like misspellings and closed captioning is like a frequency enough that like I can be mad about it, but I can move
0: past it. Dude, it's... no. No, no. I don't move past misspellings and closed captioning. Like, not in established television shows. Just do basic research.
2: Do you think they spent money on the closed captionings for 90210?
0: <laughs> All I'm saying is in Legends of Tomorrow, a show in that occurred in the year of our Lord 2021, Ava, A V A, was spelled E V A. And no that that show was on for seven
2: seasons. Again, do you think they spent money on that?
0: (laughs) All I'm saying is it doesn't take very long to do some research. It doesn't.
2: And yet. (laughs) I. okay. So this next moment where like so Brandon is trying to get people out of the house and he ends up finding Kelly still standing outside of her car, like very clearly traumatized and unable to drive herself home. And then they get in this fight where like she's throwing it back in his face that he wasn't there during the fire I don't appreciate that he starts like yelling at her and being like I've apologized for that da 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 like she's having like trauma flashbacks yeah get over yourself apologize do whatever you can to get her in her car and on her way home she can feel bad about whatever she did later or you can feel bad about like we can deal with the complex emotions after she feels safe
0: yeah it was a really interesting thing because in the past at least the very recent past we've had brandon experience kelly having a traumatic moment or a moment of weakness or a sad moment an angry moment like all of these different things happen to her and lately he's kept a very level head he has allowed her to be a punching bag he has or to he has allowed her to make him her punching bag he has calmly talked to her he has kind of like let things happen as they are so to see him kind of go a little full brand in here i'm blaming on the circumstances right like because i think he does treat kelly differently than everybody else so Mm -hmm. to see him not do that here either his ego was you know tapped a little bit and he felt bad and got defensive which is highly possible or it's the heat of the moment, no pun intended at all, but, like, it really is just, like, a matter of circumstances here.
2: Yeah, that's fair. I mean, he is going through something himself. It just, in the moment, it bothered me. Of course. I think think it bothered me because at the end of them arguing with each other, when she goes to get in the car, he tells her to drive safely. And I'm like, so you still have it in your head that, like, this is Kelly and you want her to be home safe, but you're going to fight.
0: No, that's fair. That's a good point. That's a good point.
2: And then Mark comes out.
0: Oh, Mark.
2: And she's freaked out in her car. He tells her like, okay, move over. I'll get you home. You're more important than my house. She realizes. She's like, you mean that, don't you? And then everyone avoids the evacuation to stay and save the house. This is what bothers me.
0: Yeah, like I appreciate all hands on deck situation, but not in this case. Like, y'all need to just get out.
2: Well, and when the firefighter comes up and says they should evacuate, and then is like, okay, tell me your next of kin, as in, like,
0: I, I need to know.
2: Yeah, I need to know who to alert when you die. Mm hmm. It bothers me that they stay. But I know the whole idea was to be like, the gang is amazing. They saved a house from burning down. Mm-hmm. But that we, firefighter took time out of his day.
0: Right. To, do to this. come specifically to that home. Yeah, for sure. We did skip one little scene with Claire and Steve where <laughs> this was like after the incident with Teresa. And Steve immediately, just like he did with the um last week with the running out onto the the prank or whatever he immediately says he didn't do anything i'm like bro you sure did and then we get like finally claire calling him out and he says why do you always think the worst of me and claire says because you've proven me right so many times before so it's like She's acknowledged that she's given him like a hundred chances. And now it's like reached boiling point. She is over it. And she does not want to be near him. And Dick conveniently is still here. And he offers to take her home to call her sometime. She declines the ride, but accepts the call right in front of Steve. And then I actually really like it took me a couple of times to really like let this quote soak in. But Steve's all freaking out about this and the fact that she just said yes to let another guy call her. But then Claire's like, if you haven't noticed, we're in an emergency right now and you are not an emergency. And I just appreciate the focus being pulled off of them onto this very real, very life-threatening thing and it being on Claire's terms. Yeah.
2: Now, I think it's very important that... You know, we've always talked about how Claire is the rational one and she can be like, look, this is a thing. This is not the thing right now. Exactly.
0: Yeah. hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Got to be honest. Have it in my notes. Skipped right past it because I was just like, Steve and Claire, whatever.
0: (laughs) No, totally understand. It was just important for my whole point earlier about like this was the episode for all the guys to get called out on.
2: And it's fair. It is it is a fair point to call out those things and, like, Claire finally standing up for herself for all of the things that Steve does and, like, really not letting him crawl his way back into her good graces, which he has yeah. done repeatedly. Exactly. Without apologizing to her, I would like to point out, none mm-hmm. of these times has he, like, truly apologized to her for what he did.
0: Exactly. Which she brings up later.
2: Yeah. And we have this weird side plot, I guess, where uh Donna finds a baby deer and decides to run out into a brush fire to try and save it. It it truly, it's like Donna never saw the movie Bambi. <laughs> yeah
0: but also that Donna just can't help herself just in the same way that like Valerie can't help herself in her scheming and manipulation and her like one liners. Donna literally cannot not be a good Samaritan. She's like, Oh my God, a helpless baby deer, like who should not be in the Hills because of all the heat and the brush fire possibility and things like that. I have to save it. No one else will. And so she dies. She goes to try to save the deer. Like, this
2: girl is like 90 pounds soaking wet and she's <laughs> yeah. gonna go after a deer.
0: Like, granted, it was a baby deer, but still, you don't know. Deer actually get like very aggressive very easily. <laughs> Trust me, I know I got hit by one. <laughs> but yeah, like, she ends up going after this deer, falls down the hill, tweaks her leg or ankle or something. But then the deer, clearly a very well trained actor just like saunters over to Donna's like oh you have something in your hand I'll eat it (laughs) I love the idea that she just
2: like fell down the hill and a deer is just like are you okay right here but you brought
0: food right
2: (laughs) and it's funny because the firefighter comes back to the house and is like oh my god you guys are saved we turned the fire for you yeah like y'all didn't do shit I mean you might have Protected from the sparks and whatnot by doing your thing, but like we turned the fire, you can stop now. Yeah,
0: like the wind literally changed directions.
2: Yeah, but we're not out of the woods yet because Donna is missing searching for this deer. Yep. And I love nothing more than the fact that a hot firefighter found her and just like pulled his like mask down from his face and was like, You're gonna be okay, and just carries her to safety.
0: Tell me Donna doesn't have a type. Like she – this is why she and David don't work because Donna needs a man. She needs a hero. I said this earlier. I was like Donna
2: likes men that do things. Like she values functional fitness. Yes. We we had Ray who did construction. We had Joe that's a football
0: player. We have Cliff who's a firefighter. Like she – For as much as I don't want her to be just a housewife, I don't think there's anything wrong with her marrying like a blue collar worker and being a stay at home mom. I think that would be such a fulfilling life for her because she could still be involved with the PTA. She can do community service. She can then let, you know, buff, hot husband go save people for a living. Okay, so here's the thing. She turned down Joe because she
2: didn't want to be, like, the the coach's wife kind of a thing. Right. But she – so she needs a career to be fulfilled, I guess. She's still figuring that out. We don't know. I think she is looking for someone who, like, in his physicality is not going to be intimidated by her. Hmm. Like, she needs someone yeah. who's not going to be intimidated by her, which is why David doesn't work, because he's yes. constantly bitching at her for whatever she does.
0: No, you're right. I'm wrong. No, you're totally right. Like, because Donna extremely smart. She is very – she's a doer as well. And, yeah, she totally doesn't need somebody who's going to talk down to her and, like, diminish her goals and dreams and what she's good at. She needs Firefighter Cliff – to be like, yeah, baby, go do whatever you want to do. I'll go out here and save some fires. Like, yeah, yeah.
2: He's like, you save that deer, yeah. And then I'll come save you later if you need it. You probably don't need it because you're so amazing. But like, I'm here. And have you seen my biceps?
0: Exactly. I can squat 120
2: pounds. You're nothing.
0: <laughs> yeah, like literally, he's probably just like, oh, hey, firefighter. N- bill make sure you go get that baby deer and take it to animal control or somewhere safe like don't make sure it doesn't get hurt because he already knows that donna like wants it to have a good home like she's gonna you know she's gonna be in the back of that ambulance or wherever with a bottle for the deer to drink milk out of does the deer drink milk we don't know it's gonna
2: (laughs) yeah she's got like Honey and nuts and seeds and whatever
0: deer eat leaves. She just like she just like pulls out a head of lettuce. See, this is why Donna needs a fanny pack. A functional fanny pack that has like whatever she needs just in her little fanny, whether it's first aid, deer food, whatever. (laughs) She's got the crop top and then a fanny on her low rise. Yes. And then later, as she gets older, she gets the crossbody. Like cuz fashion first, right? <laughs>
2: Absolutely. Have we met Donna? <laughs> so, firefighter neighbor Dan from Charmed. Charmed, as in Shannon Doherty's other show.
0: Ooh. See, I didn't watch Charmed. But I did know that, yeah, Shannon Doherty, that was her next show.
2: Yeah, he's neighbor Dan. He moves in in like season 2 or 3 or something and then Piper and Phoebe fight over him, but Phoebe's only flirting with him because she knows Piper wants him. Mm. And he's taking care of his younger sister, so he's like a sensitive carpenter. Perfect. Yeah. No, as soon as he like pulled the like balaclava or whatever down from his face, it was like, neighbor Dan, (laughs) I know that face. I know you. I've watched Charmed seven times. (laughs) But there's this whole thing where, like, now the fire's over. Mark takes everyone to the peach pit for dinner. And, like, so first Tracy asks Kelly why she and Brandon broke up. And she's like, as far as I can tell, he's perfect. Claire says, nobody's perfect. Kelly says what she said and walks away. Mm -hmm. Then... Uh, Mark and Brandon talk because Mark wants to date Kelly and is like, oh, she said I should talk to you first. And it's this whole like setting up like, okay, we have Tracy and Brandon over here. We have Mark and Kelly over here. All of this to get to Nat who's like, Brandon, don't let her go.
0: Yeah, like don't do the same thing I did with Joan. It also made me think of um, in Gilmore Girls when Luke and Lorelai break up and Suki is like trying to make her feel better. And because she heard this story about this couple who broke up when they were younger. They like led completely separate lives. Uh, like 50 years went by, but then they finally got to be together and they like died together. It's very notebook style. Um, and Lorelai's like, I don't wanna like have meet some other guy and have some other kids with some other dude. Like, I want Luke and I want a middle. I don't want just a beginning and an end with Luke. I want a middle. And, like, she ends up telling that to Luke later. But I'm like, yeah, like, this is essentially what Nat has. With Not that, you know, they're that old that they just have an end. But his point is you don't want to let her go until she's you're having to wait, you know, another 20, 25 years before you realize she was who you wanted all this time. Yeah. And it's a whole, like,
2: like Nat looks. We see both, you mm-hmm. know, couples off on their own and... You know, Kelly even tries to apologize to Brandon for how she acted, and he says it's fine, so, like, we get them interacting in a moment. I don't think she has to apologize for her behavior because it was a trauma response. Yeah. Doesn't matter. The other important thing that happens at the Peach Pit, Claire is still pissed at Steve. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And... He basically tries to tell her, like, get over it, lay off, like, stop doing this. But she's had enough. And she breaks up with him and leaves.
0: I mean, it is perfect. Like, she calls him out on everything we've called him out on, with the exception of, like, failing upward. You know, she's like, all you ever do is screw up and say you're sorry, except this time you didn't even have the decency to say you're sorry, and all we ever do is fight and make up, fight and make up. It's like a game, and I'm sick of it. I love it. Good job, Claire.
2: I love it, and, like, I don't know. I can't get a feel on if they're going to stay broken up or if they're going to get back together or, like, what's going to happen for the next little while. This is really not what I expected for how they'd yeah. break up. Mm-hmm. But it's perfect. hmm I mean – she gets to do it on her own terms, basically. Like, yeah. Sucks for Steve, but this is probably one of the few times that, like, his actions have come back to haunt him.
0: Exactly. It's like that meme that's like, oh, look, the consequences to my actions, or something like that.
2: <laughs> and yeah. That was housewarming. So many interesting things in this episode. And yet. So much nonsense. Yeah. <laughs> so much nothing. So do you have a quote of the week?
0: I do, and I'll give you guys a hint. We didn't actually talk about it.
2: Oh, I don't know that I have it then.
0: Mary, I think you might.
1: I wrote down so many for once. Like like I said, I don't know why I took 12 pages of notes. <laughs> This one was kind of a throwaway, but Val just being like, these things take time when talking to Brandon about somebody leaving their wife for her.
0: (laughs) This doesn't just happen, Brandon.
1: Just, wow, this is going to be some party, Donna. Yeah, Kelly. (laughs) (laughs) It sure was. Um. Oh, Teresa, after she kisses Steve, says... Gee, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, Brandon, this is probably my favorite one. Um, when he meets or when he meets up with Munts, he just says, You are silky, my man. Silky. What's the haps? <laughs> I
2: hated funny. it. That was funny. <laughs> I hated it.
1: Um, those hills haven't burned in 40 years. <laughs> I Maybe was just like, like, that's a cowboy phrase.
0: Yes, I yeah. was about to say, say it slower with a southern accent.
1: <laughs> those hills haven't burned for 40 years. But change those to them. Them hills.
0: <laughs> I'll be y'all's southern dialect coach.
1: <laughs> um, Donna's saying, ew, when David threw up. <laughs> oh or God, left yeah. the room to go throw up. Um, ew. <laughs> That was the only ew that I wrote out of, like, 15 ewes that weren't me reacting to something.
0: <laughs> yeah. I had a few ewes myself.
1: Uh, I had Claire, all you ever do is screw up and say you're sorry. Um, And I think that's it. Oh, man. he didn't say it.
0: Damn. All right. It was when Brandon and Tracy show up to the pool party. Oh. and it wasn't the lemonade, although that was great when he like sings like lemonade, what a refreshing drink or something like that.
1: Oh, I know what it is. Go say it.
0: <laughs> it's when Tracy is talking about like how everybody's drunk and like, I don't even think people would notice if I got plastered or something like that. and for some reason. Brandon turns into Elvis. <laughs> he says, I don't think they would either, baby. <laughs> Cock- I'm not going to do the rest of it. Cocktails right this way. A fried bacon and tomato sandwich. Who are you, Brandon?
1: <laughs> also, that was bacon so and tomatoes funny.
0: wrong.
1: Yeah. I was like, I'm pretty sure it's bacon, peanut butter, and banana.
0: Yeah. It's fine, but, like, why did he turn into Elvis? I don't (laughs) – And can he do it more often? Brandon is so weird, and I love that. I love him. Never thought I would love him as much as I do.
1: It's my favorite when he's being sweet and dorky. Yes. Yeah.
0: Like, when he's saying about lemonade. You know, it just popped into his head.
2: Well, and I think that's the thing, kind of pointing that out. He has turned sweet and dorky in college, whereas in high school he was, like, white knight perfect boy Brandon. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't know if it's because he went to college that his personality gets to come out or if it's because, you know, the writing staff changed and therefore, you know, Brandon changed. But I do love his, like, all righty,
0: okie-dokie,
2: I only do the Macarena at night.
0: Yeah, like, it's all good. I love it.
2: Mary, do you have a moment of the week?
1: My moment of the week, I'm pretty sure Caitlin brought up very early in this episode. And it was the cinematography in the very last scene. (laughs) Yes. Where they just zoom in on shocked Pikachu face. (laughs) And then they show Val's face, then his face, then her face, then his face, then her face. And then they fade to black.
0: It was so good. (laughs) God, I can't believe I guessed the moment of the week without knowing it was the moment of the week. I feel so accomplished.
1: I'm just really glad that you appreciated it in the same way that I did.
0: Absolutely.
2: (laughs) Oh, man. I feel like we talked much more about this episode than I expected us to.
0: Dude, we totally did.
2: Well, what's next week? Will we do it again?
0: We might because the thumbnail has a vowel in it, so... Okay, You know we have to have a fallout from that last scene. But um, next week we have Season 7, Episode 7, Fearless. Fearless.
1: I got nothing. (laughs) Val isn't afraid to get in trouble for faking this pregnancy. Obviously. I was going to say, maybe Val confronts Diane and tells her
2: that she's pregnant.
0: Ooh. Ooh.
1: That would be good. That's all I I got, though. I like
0: that. I like that.
1: So, yeah. I can only hope. I just want to see Kenny Bannerman get what's his.
2: Seriously, I need this man to face consequences and, like, extreme consequences. Unrealistic Mm -hmm. consequences. So we'll find out next week. And until then, you can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Back2Podcast.
0: You can also send us over an email if you want to with any of your thoughts, questions, comments, or concerns, anything you like or don't like at backtopodcast at gmail.com.
1: That's B-A-C-K-T-O podcast at gmail.com.
0: And
2: don't forget to go into your podcast app and rate, review, subscribe, share it with all your friends and family. Uh, All those things help us really get seen and build a community and give you all a better product. And if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, we'll give you a shout out on the show because we really appreciate you so until next week from all of us at back to podcast i've just learned
0: about putting ice in margaritas have y'all heard about this (laughs) well it's nighttime so i guess i gotta go do the macarena
1: my lawyer advised me not to do anything foolish so i gotta go bye
0: (laughs) bye (laughs) see ya